As I record this podcast, uh, the world is going crazy with fear over the COVID-19 virus. We were hearing of countries quarantining their citizens, airlines shutting down service, uh, sporting events being canceled. Now, I have no idea where this is all going. And when you, depending on when you listen to this podcast, of course, things will have played out. But I really have no clue, uh, nor do you at this point, uh, of exactly how this entire uh, scenario is going to play out. But I did have the opportunity to travel perhaps one last time for the foreseeable future last week. I went down to San Diego for Social Media Marketing World, one of my favorite events. I spend all my time working in in a small studio by myself. It's I find it a very lonely experience, if the truth be known. And getting an opportunity to spend time with people I know who have common interests, uh, who I care deeply about, uh, who I can learn from, I find really recharges my batteries. So now as we're starting to close ourselves back into our cubicles and offices and not go face-to-face for a period of time, I think I will share with you today the subject of my talk at Social Media Marketing World because tangentially... It is very relevant with what's happening in the world today. My talk was on how to use video to build community. Now, as we are going to be doing less face-to-face communication over the next little while, increasingly we've got to start using other tools to communicate with and to build our communities. So, it seems to be very appropriate that we spend a few minutes today talking about how we use video to build our communities. That's coming up today on Gray Matters. Steve Dotto here. How the heck are you doing this fine day? Welcome to Gray Matters, the podcast for those of us in the gray zone. What is the gray zone? Primarily baby boomers and Gen X, those of us sporting a touch of gray. We're interested in finding our place in the digital age. On this podcast, we will learn about online marketing, community building, social networking, all from our perspective. The world's changing. The job market is not interested in us anymore. We're facing the prospect of a reluctant retirement, and that is not cool. We need a side hustle to take our experience and put it to work for us. We need to develop mad skills, adapt, and evolve in order to remain relevant in the digital age. I can help. This podcast can help. I'm glad you found us. Before we get into the meat of today's content, I wanted to give you an opportunity. If you enjoy the type of content that we're following here on Gray Matters, we do a weekly live webinar called Webinar Wednesday, every surprisingly Wednesday. If you drop by our website at dottotech.com, you will find links there to join us. It's always free, and it's always a tutorial on some aspect of content creation or productivity. It's called Webinar Wednesday. It's free. I invite you to join us. I look forward to seeing you there. One of the real highlights of my year is getting to go to Social Media Marketing World in San Diego, which was uh, just this past week for me. I guess the reason that I like this conference so much is it's a real meeting of like-minded individuals. You know, when you work uh, as I do and as many of you may, by yourself in a cubicle in an office, it becomes a bit of a lonely experience. So the opportunity to socialize with people who understand what you are all about, to understand your business challenges, learn from them. I 
I find to be just a really fulfilling time. And so this is, I guess, the sixth year that I spoke at Social Media Marketing World. The other thing that's great about it is the accessibility of all of the speakers. Now, of course, I because I'm a speaker, I get to go into the speaker lounge and get to see them all there. But all of the speakers, almost all of the speakers, I shouldn't say all, most of the speakers spend considerable amount of time walking the hallways, going to other speakers' talks, being very accessible to the general community. So if there are people who you follow in the social media space and you look forward to meeting them, uh, give a thought about attending a, one of the social media marketing world conferences in the, in the not too distant future. I guess it's just annually, so next year. Think about it. Uh, for me, uh, just well, for example, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I have nothing but profound respect for Marcus Sheridan. Uh, his his little mantra of they ask you answer has been the basis of me building my business, and I give him full credit for that. Marcus, I was walking along the hallway, saw Marcus, got to spend 15 minutes chatting with him, filled him in with what we we're doing here with Gray Matters. He was very supportive uh, and gave me lots of encouragement and even some advice about it. So that's the sort of interactions that you can expect to get when you attend a social media marketing world. Now, my talk this year was a uh, it was very prescient for what's happening, I believe, in the world today. My talk was on how we use video to build community. And of course, I have uh, I built our community primarily through YouTube. The Discovery Engine is YouTube. Most of you who listen to this podcast discovered me originally on YouTube or perhaps from television from my previous years, those of you in Canada. But Video is an incredible tool for generating awareness and trust and a relationship with a community. So I, they, when they asked me to speak on it, I, I embraced it immediately. And in the time I spent pondering what I was going to be covering, I came a I think I came up with some fairly unique angles of looking at video. Most people, when they think about using video to build community, are going to concentrate almost entirely on the content of the video itself, the how we present ourselves, how vulnerable we are, or how engaging we are in the video. But there is so much more to understand about the entire environment around video and how we as a society are consuming video that much of my talk wasn't even about the actual format of video, but instead about the environment. And I really started out by talking about the fact that it's not what's in the video that's most important. It's not who you are or even what you're, uh, how you present yourself that's the first thing that we should concern ourselves. But we need to understand where people consume video, where they are physically when they're consuming it, and what device they're consuming it on. Because now it's not just television, it's not just television and desktop computers, it's television, desktop computers, tablets, and smartphones with a huge boost in growth in the mobile side of that equation. And why that's so important is the location that people are watching your video in determines the opportunity you have for engagement. And it's through engagement that we build a community. So if you watch your videos primarily on a desktop computer, you are sitting there with your hands probably close to the keyboard and the chat whatever the, the, the comments or chat section is for the video. If it's in YouTube, it's the comment section. You have that readily accessible. 
if the host of the video asks you a question uh, or offers uh, or or requests some input from its commu- his community, you are able or her community, you are able to instantly give feedback, and it's it's not a stretch for you. It's not an effort for you to comment if there's something that you really liked or didn't like. It's far easier for you to share into the comments, and those comments are ever so important. More on that in a moment. But if you are on mobile, then you've got a far far more technically uh, significant hurdle in order to comment. First of all, keyboards on our phones suck for the most part. Most of us don't really like communicating by the keyboard on our smartphone. But secondly, for example, in YouTube, you have to scroll way down to the bottom of the field in order to find the comments field. It's not readily accessible. It's not there instantly there for you to comment. So consequently, you are dissuaded from commenting to a certain extent when you are in mobile. Now, there are some big advantages to community building with mobile. The tremendous intimacy that happens from the fact that you're just being physically held in the hands of the people who are viewing you, there's a there's a connection there that I don't think we should ignore. It's far more intimate and personal than sitting staring at a computer screen or watching a TV, for example. So there's pros and cons to these different formats, but the comment issue is very important in my opinion because comments are, well, I was talking about Marcus Sheridan a few moments moments ago. Marcus Sheridan's book, uh, They Ask, You Answer. I'll put links in the the description to this podcast. Marcus Sheridan's book, that fact of They Ask, You Answer, for many of us, is the most important community building mechanism. If you are able to have comments and conversations with your community, conversation leads to comprehension. If they are asking you questions, you are answering questions. You are discovering the pain that your community has and you're able to serve that pain. You're able to answer their questions. And in answering their questions, you build trust and you build a relationship. That relationship is the foundation for your community. You can't build a community and a relationship with strangers. You have to know who they are. So as a content creator that's creating video, I have to get to know who you are who's consuming the content in order to finally form you into a community and help you uh, help you engage with us in a community. So Marcus is dead on. They ask, you answer. It's the easiest mechanism we have. When people are asking questions, you answer their questions. In the answering of the questions, you get to know what their problems are and you engender trust. And you build that know, like, and trust factor that you require in order for people to, to bond to you and for you to then be able to start to form a community. So it all starts, ironically enough, with where they're viewing and recognizing the challenges of that and then modifying your content and how you deliver that content to allow for the different delivery mechanisms. You have to be aware of where, of what they're watching your videos on. So that's the first key to building community. The next issue is another technical issue, which is we need to consider how our video lands. By that I mean there are, I consider to be two different types of social video happening. There's intentional and there's interruptive. Intentional video, typically speaking, is YouTube video. What Think about your journey into a video at YouTube. How do you watch a video? If you're watching a YouTube video, what was your journey to get to that video? Typically speaking, you went looking for it because you were looking for an answer. There was intent behind your 
looking for that video and you're viewing that video. That intent is everything, my friends. It is everything because when you enter a video with intent, you give it grace. You say, okay, I'm looking for an answer here. So you want to engage with the video. You're looking to succeed with the video. You're looking for an answer in the video. That intent is everything. The other type of video is the type of video that we experience in our feed-based environment, in Instagram or in Facebook, where a video goes into our newsfeed and it's interruptive. We weren't looking for that video. We were basically browsing through, maybe avoiding our responsibilities, but we are browsing through Facebook, looking to be entertained perhaps, or, or find out what's happening with our friends, maybe to see what's happening. Maybe it's unfortunately how we're finding out the, the news of the day. All of those happen in the feed. So if you start posting a video into that feed, it's going to interrupt the individual's day. Very little opportunity for engagement at that point. So if, for example, um, let's, let's just take our channel for example. If we're posting a video on how to use Gmail and you're looking for instruction on how to use Gmail, if you come to YouTube and say, how do I use Gmail? And one of Steve's videos pop up. Well, you look at it and you go, oh good, I like Steve and I'm gonna find my answer there. And so you enter that video, as I say, with intent and we, we, we start off on the right foot. But if you're sitting there in Facebook, you're scrolling along saying, oh, you know, I'm enjoying little, little, little tasty videos and all of the kind of the uh, little food-based ones, if there are some of those kind of short little videos and finding out what's happening with your friends and where they're traveling and what's happening with their families. Then all of a sudden a video from Steve pops up, scrolls past in your newsfeed that's a how to use Gmail. You're going, what the hell, Dotto? I'm not interested in that right now. You're interrupting the flow. Get the hints. Just go away. I'm not interested in what you're sharing at this point. We can actually, I think, undermine our all of the work we do building our community by interrupting people with things that they aren't interested in. So recognizing where, not just the physical location, but the network that they are viewing your video on is the next key. There is a place for interruptive video, but it's those quick little entertaining things that are very superficial. People don't aren't gonna watch a seven minute video on how to apply Gmail filters from their Facebook newsfeed. So recognizing what type of video we should be putting into these, into these different channels is crucial. Intentional video creates opportunity. Interruptive video creates, frankly, resentment. So building a community, you have to recognize. But you, I know what you're saying to me right now. Wait a minute, Dotto. Didn't you just do a whole video series? As a matter of fact, just last month, we live streamed into Facebook every day as a part of our launch for Marie Forleo's B-School. We built a community uh, that was uh, of baby boomers interested in building an online business. And for 26 straight days, we live streamed each and every day into that community. And so that kind of flies in the face of what you're saying. You did that on Facebook, didn't you? And you did it to build community, didn't you? Yes, yes, yes. All good points. You make an excellent point. But here is the difference and here is the magic part of this. We created a special Facebook group that people signed up for. By signing up for that group, they signaled their intent. They were interested in the topic we were talking about. Then we didn't rely on that appearing in the general newsfeed, but instead we emailed and we let people know through social media that we were going live and we scheduled it so that it happened the same time almost every day. So people were able to come to us with intent. See, what we did was we used Facebook. We used that live streaming format, but we created an environment where there was intent 
in the viewership. So we follow that model. It wasn't interrupting people's days, us talking about using, about building an online business. No, no, no. They came with intent because it was scheduled. And as a result, our retention on those videos was off the charts. A typical Facebook video gets watched three to five to maybe 12 seconds. We were doing 45 minute live streams every day for 26 straight days. And while we didn't have huge numbers of people, we had a good percentage of the people who did sign up for the uh, special group. They stayed with us for almost the entire video. Our retention was over 90% of people who viewed the videos. They came, they stayed, they talked, they communicated, they asked questions, we built community using video, but because of the fact that the people who attended entered with intent. Intent is everything. Then th those are the kind of the, the architecture pieces that I consider to be ever so important that you should consider. Then we kind of get into the hallmarks of a, the content that you create and the different things that different creators do that build community. I talked about, for example, uh, offering perspective. I'm a big fan of Phil DeFranco. Phil DeFranco does a, a, a news show on a daily basis. It's kind of quasi-opinion, quasi-news. Uh, he definitely gives his perspective on the news, but he is very reliable for his community. He delivers each and every day, and you know what you're going to get from Phil. Here's another key, though, to building community is Phil is slightly polarizing. He's not as polarizing as a lot of uh, content creators, but he is slightly polarizing. Either you like him or you don't like him. And if you don't like him, you're not going to consume his content. But this is a lesson that I think is so important to understanding building community. Your community can never be everyone. Marie Forleo says, if you're building a product for everyone, you're building a product for no one. So Phil, by being slightly controversial, narrows down his audience and creates a little bit of focus. So if you try and please everyone, I think that your energy gets lost out there. But if you're willing to piss a few people off who aren't going to be in your community anyways, and it lets your people who are going to be in your community know a little bit more about where you stand, what your perspective is, then you have an opportunity to really build and grow community. So I like Phil DeFranco's perspective, how he uses perspective, and he doesn't try and please everyone. Another content creator that I think has done a great job of building community is Roberto Blake. By the way, I will have links to all of these individuals' YouTube channels in our in the description, in the show notes here from the podcast. Roberto it shows great vulnerability. Now, Roberto's a fairly young guy. I think he's in his early 30s, but he has built his community. He gives terrific advice on creating awesome content. He's a content creating master and a wonderful at video. But Roberto's magic power or superpower is his vulnerability. Roberto doesn't try and be what he's not. What you see is what you get and his community appreciates it and it allows him to genuinely deliver his content. Incorporating an element of vulnerability not trying to put always put on your best face, but putting on your real face is a very appealing trait if you were trying to build community. Now, by the way, each one of these traits that I'm talking about over the next few minutes here, you don't have to do all of these traits. You have to pick a specific one or a couple of them that, that resonate with you, that you can really lean into and embrace those. But these each, for each of the creators that I'm talking about, they're kind of the hallmark traits that I recognize in each of them. 
So vulnerability, so important. I am also a huge fan of Amy Landino. Now, Amy was actually a guest here on Grey Matters. If you go to episode 23, uh, The Art of the Pivot, Amy was a wonderful guest talking because Amy's reinvented herself multiple times through her career. She started out doing a lot of what we do, uh, teaching people how to create vlogs and uh, video, and then she has since pivoted her business and become a basically a lifestyle coach and a lifestyle leader for her avatar, which is uh, young women in their 30s who are professional, who are looking to lead the best life that they can. Amy's done a terrific job of building that community. And I know from personal experience exactly how much her community values what she brings to the table. So Amy is a great person to look at, to determine, to, to, to understand another aspect of community building and her superpower, I believe, is affirmation. She affirms to her community the effort that she puts in and lets them know that the results that she puts into her life will generate the same results in their life. And she gives them affirmation that the efforts and the, and the commitment that they make to themselves is worthwhile and shows them the benefits of that. So Amy is another great one to look at. And if you have a little bit of extra time, uh, her interview with me, I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with Amy about the art of the pivot. I will have a link in the show notes for that podcast, but you can also go to dototech.com slash GM23. It was our 23rd episode, dototech.com slash GM23 to enjoy Amy Landino. Consistency is ever so important, regardless of what type of publishing you do. But if you are a video publisher, if you're a podcaster, if you're a blogger, being consistent and reliable for your community is one of the most important traits. And it does multiple things. Consistently publishing when you say and on, on schedule with valuable content not only binds a community to you because you're giving them valuable content that they appreciate, but you also engender a great level of trust because you show up when they expect all the time. You build that level of trust, which is such a rare commodity in the social media and online space today, building trust with the community ever so important. And one of the people who I think does a terrific job of doing that is Nick Nimmin. Actually, Nick and his brother D. Nimmin do a weekly live stream show. Now, Nick publishes his videos on a regular schedule on YouTube. He's consistent from that perspective. But what really impresses me is the consistency of how often, I, uh, every Saturday morning, I think our time, he does a three-hour live stream where he answers every question that his community asks. But he's there every week. Even when he's traveling, he almost always makes that commitment. Occasionally, Travels will interrupt it, but I would say probably 45 times a year on Saturday morning, Nick and Dee are there answering people's questions and helping them build their YouTube channel. Consistency, ever so important. A good friend of mine is Sue B. Zimmerman. Sue is the Instagram gal. She teaches her community Instagram, and her community is primarily women who build use Instagram to build their brand and to market. Now, Sue gives those people tremendous accessibility. Now, she is huge as far as Instagram goes. I think she has over 100,000 followers on Instagram, which is a big Instagram account for an engaged account. It's not just people looking at pictures. This is an account where people ask questions. She's constantly messaging. She's constantly responding to her community. Her accessibility 
is the key to her community growth. And she posts, she does a weekly videos, she does live, she keeps them fairly short, but she makes sure that she that everybody has access to those. She doesn't gate them and she makes sure that she has, answers the questions that her community has at that point. They trust her and they build a relationship with her because she's smart, she gives great content, but she also shows the trait of accessibility. They trust that she cares about them and she deals with them as individuals. That it isn't a audience, it's a community that she actually has relationship with. Actually, I should have I should have that's a good point. I should have had a, a slide on the difference between audience and community because a lot of us look at our audience as our community, but we don't but you treat audiences and communities differently. Oh, geez. Next time I give this talk, it's going to be that much better. So those are just a few of the traits that I find in, in individuals. And, and it would have been far too long a talk if I'd gone through all of the traits, but there's so many more. Intimacy, if you deliver intimacy to your community, if you deliver humor, if you have a curious mind and you're able to impart that curiosity, if you are a person of outstanding character, if you have, if your morals are there for all to see and they and, and you can be a leader from that perspective, if you are a generous person, if you, you know, the, the uh, generously sharing your content. I would like to think one of the hallmarks of our YouTube channel is the generosity that we give because we give so much away for free before we ever ask for revenue. And then there's uh, other, we actually we've built this community here, although it's not in video. What have we built this community in Gray Matters around? Well, shared values, shared challenges, and shared expectations. Those are all great, uh, uh, great mechanisms for us to build community using video. Now you'll notice that there is one thing I didn't talk about so far, and I didn't talk about those who are creating video and are having to overcome their insecurities. The people who say, I don't like my face on video, and I don't know what to say, and all of those little insecurities. If you're suffering from those insecurities, I, I was kind of mean, actually, at this conference. I said, you know, if you're suffering from those insecurities, this isn't the talk for you to be listening to. You've got to overcome that before you can even start thinking about building community. And there are other talks and other times and other forums for us to help you overcome those insecurities, but that isn't for this talk right now. At the end of the day, there's this mantra that we often deliver when we're talking about doing online sales, that in order for somebody to buy something from you, they have to know you, they have to like you, and they have to trust you. There's one common in all of those snippets, know you, like you, and trust you. In order for us to build community, we have to pay attention to all of the technical aspects and all of the emotional aspects that I've talked about. But at the end of the day, you have to be willing to take on a mantle of leadership. That is the final superpower that has to be put in place. You have to be willing to step forward and say, follow me. So you need to make it about you, which for a lot of us is really difficult because that's ego, isn't it? If you're going to follow me, it is ego for me to ask you to do that. This was my biggest hurdle as I started this podcast and as I started this community for Gray Matters was I had to accept that I wasn't just going to be a teacher anymore, but I was going to be a leader. 
And that, it, because of the way that we're wired, for some of us, is very difficult. For me, that was a big challenge. It was a, it was, it was a big hurdle to overcome. And I still have a bit of imposter syndrome around it, even saying it right now. I have a little voice in the back of my mind saying, soften the blow, soften the blow, don't take it, don't say it too hard. It's a kind of humorous, uh, the internal dialogue that's happening right now. But look at it this way. In order for you to lead, you need to make it about you. You need to be you, excuse me. In order to lead, you need to be you, but you can make it about them. If you do that, I believe that's real leadership. It's you're taking on the mantle of responsibility of showing them what they should be doing and making sure that you're always focused on their needs, on your community's needs. And that is, in my mind, the best way for you to use video to build community. In short, you gotta be solving problems. If you're solving problems, answering questions, then you're in the right track. You first of all have the right content mix. Then you've gotta pay attention to what type of video you're creating. Is it intentional or interruptive? That takes into account the content of your video, but also the platform that you're delivering it on and where it's being delivered, how it's being presented to an audience. Once you're creating that video, you need to engage in those conversations. Conversations leads to understanding, leads to comprehension, leads to the ability for you to build a community because you'll start to understand more what they need and what they want. Find your personality and your the emotional connection, being transparent with your community and letting them have access to whatever your emotional triggers are is crucial there. And uh, finally, the fun part is you gotta be willing to piss a few people off. If you are willing to piss a few people off, winner, winner, chicken dinner, you are far farther ahead. What a world we live in today, where you can sit in your office with a couple hundred dollars worth of gear and create a video that can have an impact on hundreds or thousands, tens of thousands, millions of people. You can build the community that you desire of any size with the technology that we have just sitting on our desktop today. When I consider what it was like to reach people back when I started in the broadcast business, it still continuously blows my mind. And for building a community, I don't think that you can look for a better digital asset than creating some form of video. Links to all of the content creators who I used as examples today are found in our show notes, which you can find by visiting our website, dototech.com slash gm31. This is episode 31 of Gray Matters, dototech.com slash gm31. It will have all of the notes and links for you. Now, if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please do so in your podcast app of choice. And if you are so inclined, oh, reviews do so much good for us to help spread the word. And if there are others who you know are entering the gray zone and looking to up their relevance in the digital age, learning how to build online businesses and coming together more as a community with the baby boomers and the Gen X, well, I encourage you to share this podcast with them and maybe you can help me grow our community. Till next time, I'm Steve Dotto. Have fun storming a castle.